There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Yes, yes. Welcome into the Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL Podcast Network. We're in the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. Timothy Michael McKernan and Action Jackson with you. Points of business, Jackson. Word. Housekeeping. Pick six. Yes, sir. Makes its debut this Wednesday. Sometimes. And the people are so fired up that a title sponsor reached out to me to be the title sponsor of the Pick Six Podcast. Why? People like that Pick 6 podcast. I think it's it's not because we give picks that anybody really goes, oh, good, I'm going to bet them. The weatherman had his run a couple of years ago. But it's really just about the slap and tickle that goes on amongst Prod Joe, Gangster Pete, G-Unit, myself, and Jackson. But now Iggy is going to join us for Pick 6 this year. And how will that dynamic go with Iggy and Prod Joe? What do you think? You know, I think... I think they'll mostly be tame. It'll, you'll get a real feel of it on this Wednesday episode if they can. I mean, if neither of them address each other. Yeah, I think that's how I think that's how it's going to start. But at yeah. some point, somebody's going to Iggy will probably interject. I think Iggy will interject and that's going to set Joe off. Yeah, I think exactly. Joe's plan is to not acknowledge his presence. Yes. And we're doing video of this as well. Yes. So now, have you been designing, have you been entering graphic design programs to build this thing up? Yeah. Yeah. Making sure that everything looks. Have you really? Well, you know, I've uh, I've looked online. I feel like I just re-raised you and I found out you didn't have anything. That's what I just feel like happened. Well, the graphics, will, I think the graphics will look really cool on some of these clips that we're going to be posting of, uh, of the pick six. But I'm mostly interested in some of the picks Iggy is going to make because I think he's vocal about the lack of sports he watches. So it doesn't matter. No, if you hit, if you hit 43% of your picks against the spread, you could win the whole thing. But like, say like he picks a game that's actually not happening that week or something. And I think, you know what I would do? Let me tell you exactly what I would do, Jackson. Uh Uh-huh. Let Joe go first every week and then take the opposite of whatever it is because <laughs> then you'll win about 56% because yeah. Joe's trending at 44% yeah. ATS. So that's that's kind of where it is. Just Although somebody was saying thing. he was good on golf last year. I didn't he know. was. At the back and end of the year, he was betting like... He, yeah, he was going golf to try to get healthy. Yeah. And um, so that's that's coming up. The first one will be we're recording it Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I can't wait for that um, just because I like bullshitting with the group of people we have on the show. And now Iggy's in it, so it's even better. Uh, sound story. If you're interested in a sound story, Tim McKernan at InsideSTL.com or go to MySoundStory.com. Knock those out now because there will be a holiday rush. Um, so Tim McKernan at InsideSTL.com or MySoundStory.com. And uh, let me thank our sponsors who make this possible. The HomeLoanExpert.com, Ryan Kelly, our title sponsor. If you're getting refinancing or you want to get pre-approved, go to the HomeLoanExpert.com. Dot com. That's where you can find it. And I have personally done these things, both for pre-approval and for refinancing in the last 18 months. And I know how easy it was. I know how much money it saved me on the refi. And, and now you can even save more. I mean, rates are, you can get them in the low twos. Uh, and then in addition, if you're going to be buying a home, you got to get pre-approved. And I just did this a couple weeks ago with Ryan and his staff. And it goes so smoothly. Uh, and it's, it's, it's really a necessity in this home uh, buying market. So uh, the home loan expert.com. Once you get pre-approved or 
uh, once you're just out in the market buying a home and you get that home, get it insured with James Carlton, the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. 314-961-4800. I know James is all fired up about the Pick 6 podcast. Yeah, he's excited. Uh, he's online at carltoninsurance.net. He's also fired up for Missouri football. We were talking about that the other day. James Carlton is in Webster Groves. He's a State Farm agent. I am his client. I couldn't be happier that I am, and I really recommend him wholeheartedly to our audience. 314-961-4800 or go online at carltoninsurance.net. James Carlton, if your insurance costs a leg and an arm, call James Carlton State Farm. Munganess, the official automotive provider of the Tim McKernan Show podcast and the Ryan Kelly morning after. Munganess, stlouisacura.com, altontoyota.com. Check them out online or call Jamie Burkhardt or Clayton Patterson and work with them at MunganessStLouisAcura.com and AltonToyota.com. The deal for our listeners for this month, any 2021 car, take $1,000 off it just by saying you're a TMA listener or a Tim McKernan Show listener. Just like that. StLouisAcura.com, AltonToyota.com. It's MunganessStLouisAcura.com and AltonToyota.com. Seth Goldcamp, Design Air Heating and Cooling online at DesignAirService.com, the official. HVAC provider of the Tim McKernan show and the Ryan Kelly morning after. If you are having any heating and cooling issues, go online at designairservice.com. I am a client there as well. And I'll tell you this, they have installed a new 16 seer air conditioning, train air conditioning in our home. They did the same thing with Doug Vaughn. Jackson's parents are clients as well. It's design air heating and cooling online at designairservice.com design air heating and cooling. If you run into any water damage in your home, any damage to your home, period, uh, go to Restoration One of Central St. Louis. They're online at RestorationOneOfCentralStLouis.com. It's Jim Rogers and Restoration One. You have water damage in your home. You might dry it up, but you don't realize that mold can grow. Uh, Restoration One would like to remind you that if stormwater enters your home or washing machine overflows, your sewer drain backs up, chances are your efforts won't be enough to completely dry out your home. Uh, when you don't dry out your home, you don't completely dry, you get mold. Call Jim Rogers and Restoration One of Central St. Louis at 314-565-1962. That's 314-565-1962 to have your home professionally assessed and dried by the water damage experts at Restoration One of Central St. Louis. And finally, Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies. Online at evergreenstl.com. Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies. Jackson, I always like to turn to you on the Mark Hanna talk because you're actually working with Mark. Yeah. I work with Mark as like an advisor. You work with him as the financial advisor. I just think so highly of him. I bounce things off of him. He's just a good person, which I know is one of the most important things to you. Oh, yeah. That's the, the key because you can't, you don't want to, you know, you're dealing with something really important planning for your future financially you don't want to mess around with someone who you don't think is trustworthy or is just in it for the money or is just you know someone who does this as a just a, a means to an end like mark Hanna really enjoys what he does like he loves talking to people about financial planning he loves talking to people about what options will work best for them and that's so important because it's not cookie cutter you know not everyone is in the same place either in their life or financially. So working with someone who can cater to your needs and is, you know, personally invested in your needs is something that's so awesome and something you want in a financial advisor. So if you're not working with someone, call up Mark Cannon. If you are, make the switch. 314-889-0503. 314-889-0503. Or go online at evergreenstl.com. All right, this is full disclosure here. Today is my son's birthday. I received a text from my wife uh, about uh, less than 10 minutes ago. 
Uh, he keeps checking the garage to see if you're home. Uh, he wants to wait for you to open any presents and uh, go to breakfast. Are you recording first? The answer is yes, I am. I am sitting here recording right now. But because of that, Jackson, mm-hmm. I'm going to go on one question. Now, it might lead to a tangent. It might not. I've noticed that, and, and the question comes from, I think I can say this. I don't know. Um, I don't think it's a problem. Uh, it comes from Buck Swope. Buck Swope's outspoken about the Cardinals. So since Doug has been out, and what are we on now? Two weeks, I think, of Doug yeah. being out. Uh, I'm, talk, I'm talking like I talk on the podcast on the morning after. Mm-hmm. I've noticed, which is a weird thing to notice, but I've noticed it. I think on the morning after, I'm distributing the ball. Yeah. I'm not taking many shots. Mm-hmm. The formula works, so why mess with the formula? But now, because, you know, one week it's Raby, one week it's Jennings, whatever the case might be, um, there are more shots, and uh, I'm, I'm taking more shots, so to speak. And so I've been talking about the Cardinal situation. Most of the people, at least responding in the text inbox, uh, have, have been in agreement. The one that I gave today, I feel like was kind of, well, it, it received overwhelming approval, but I think the people who disagreed weren't seeing where I was coming from. Now, there's an article about Lane Thomas, who the Cardinals uh, traded for John Lester um, on the trade deadline day, and how Lane Thomas had a huge weekend for the Nationals. And, you know, it's just kind of, if anything, it's kind of funny um, because this continues to happen. Uh, Anytime the Cardinals trade somebody, seemingly they go to another organization and they wind up having uh, a big year. And, uh, And in Lane Thomas's case, this has been a big, like, you know, week. But Lane Thomas, as we sit here on August 23rd, 2021, um, you know, is is playing so well for the Nationals that they sent another outfielder down. He went three for four yesterday at a double and a walk. I think he's six for 11. I mean, we're talking about a very small sample size. Here is is my premise. The premise is that Lane Lane Thomas could wind up being exactly who the Cardinals thought Lane Thomas was when they traded him for John Lester 23 days ago. Mm -hmm. So if you're focused on Lane Thomas... And that's going to be where you want to continue the discussion. You're missing where I'm, I'm not doing a good, I'm I'm going to fall on the sword for the purpose of uh, winning people over. I'm not doing a good job of conveying it as opposed to saying, you're just not following me. I'm not doing a good job of conveying what my point is. My point is not about Lane Thomas. My point is what is going to happen in 2021 with the Cardinals on July 31st? Not even now. I would say the chance of the Cardinals doing something now, fresh off of losing two or three to the Brewers and then two or three to the Pirates. I mean, Jackson, what, what are you throwing? What, what, what percentage would you put on the Cardinals making the playoffs as a wild card? We're not even going to go division. We're not even going to go NLDS or NLCS or World Series. I'm just making it as a wild card. What percentage, round number, mm-hmm. Would you go on the Cardinals making the wild card? I will say three percent. So three three out of a hundred situations scenarios, the Cardinals would make the playoffs. And we're counting making the wild card as making the playoffs yeah, for the yeah, purpose, for the purpose of the spot. for the purpose of the uh, discussion. I'm looking for the. Uh, let's I, was look, see. I was looking for the odds earlier too. Um, I wasn't getting a clear answer on uh, fan graphs. That's my go to two 2021 playoff odds. As we, as we speak at this particular moment, uh, God, I am a member and it keeps asking me to sign in. Uh, let's see. 
NL Central, uh, chances of winning the division, 0.1%. Chances of winning the wild card, 4%. You said 3%. I would actually, now, when they say win the wild card, does that mean win the game or get a wild card spot? Yeah, that's a tough thing. Because I think the Cardinals getting a wild card spot, I would put it as 9 to 12%, actually. Mm-hmm. I, you know, so I'm, I'm substantially higher than you. And if it's, I just don't know if win the wild, I don't win wild card game. I don't yeah. know what the hell it means. If they got win into wild the game, card. then it's a crap. I mean, theoretically, yeah. I mean, there's, it's a 50, it's 50, a 50, 50 yeah. essentially. I mean, it's within, you know, 45, 55 range, most likely. And you got Flaherty starting. Yeah. Like, so or Wainwright. I mean, I'd take, I'll take my chances. I don't give a damn if they're playing, take your pick of whoever yeah, you think so the best team is. Yeah. They could play anybody in major league baseball in for one, one game. game. Yeah. That's, of, that's, that's the deal. They just lost two or three to the pirates for God's sakes. So, so I'm 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 actually on the high side of it. Mm-hmm. Now that's winning the wild card. Yeah, but it, so, so it depends on where it's it's, it's like a moving target mm-hmm. for those who I guess I don't even know how to describe it as passionate fans of the Cardinals or we as a market in St. Louis have this unique spot because the purview of the fan base is colored by outliers. The outliers being 2006 and 2011. Yeah. And so if you've won two monster pots in poker with King Jack offsuit and you called for whatever fucking reason, all in bets with King Jack offsuit and won both hands, you go, well, I mean, King Jack's pretty good, Mm -hmm. except the math on it. I I can't imagine a situation actually where you're calling a substantial all in uh, with the hand. And I know I'm talking in something that very few people understand, but the, the, the poker knowledge premise being as mathematical outliers but it has happened here and yeah. so the, and it's happened twice here and it's happened twice in 15 years and so therefore understandably people think these outliers happen more often than they realistically do i actually think bill dewitt may be obviously a brilliant man incredibly successful owner as i said on the radio show today there'll be things named after him in st louis whenever his time as owner is over um and deservedly so by the way, which is an odd, unpopular position in St. Louis in some corners. But the but the, the math cannot be disputed. Uh, just as if I would say the Cardinals were a heavy favorite to win the World Series in 2004, um, or perhaps a heavy favorite to win the pennant in 2013, or right there as a World Series favorite in 2013. The math doesn't work this year. The math, you can be mad at the math, but the math is this. The Cardinals' chances of winning the the World Series, winning the World Series, winning the whole thing, which is what I believe the whole name of the game is, when you when it comes to trade deadline time, okay, zero point zero. Now I don't know how they come up with that. Yeah, that's a. <laughs> I have no idea how you can theoretically be in the playoffs at four percent, which they put their, their words four percent, but they have a zero point zero percent chance. I'd give them a. I'd give them a 2% chance, actually. I think that's where I would go. Yeah. Do you think that's high? i go less than a percent, like a half percent. So, but here, it, it, the, I think those listening, even like the hardest core fan would go 5%, I think. I don't know if anybody would go harder. Yeah, it'd be pretty tough to say anything more than that. So here is my point. If that is, if we can all agree that our delta is if we're going to operate off a plus or minus of 3% either way. Now I'm asking people to agree on, you know, that which is objective subjectively. But if we can do that, 
then are you a buyer or are you a seller at the trade deadline? And that is where, that is my Lane Thomas, my, my Lane Thomas question isn't, isn't about Lane Thomas. My question is, why are you trading off pieces that have some semblance of value for a piece that doesn't have value in a time where you don't have even a 20% chance, which isn't good, by the way, even a 20% chance of making the playoffs, much less winning the World Series. And that's the thing that I don't understand. It's got nothing to do with Lane Thomas. Um, because so many of the things that the Cardinals get criticized for now are things that people were not criticizing in the moment. Now, I recognize they are paid a lot of money to have it as their job to execute the strategy properly. Fans are not. But a lot of this becomes Monday morning quarterbacking, where in the moments you go, well, I didn't, I didn't think anything of Chase and Shreve, Luke Voigt. But holy shit, look at Luke Voigt. And Chase and Shreve's not with the organization. That's my premise. Like the Matt Carpenter thing, the Dexter Fowler thing. If you go back and you listen to the show, and God help you if you were to do this, the moment those things happened, I was like, what are they? I just don't, I, I know people are on board with the Dexter Fowler signing, and they were, like in a major way. I didn't like it. Uh, Matt Carpenter was something that was more than 50% of people were like, what in the hell is this? Um, when they were trying to sign Pujols, I was not on board. I was beyond confused with Jason Hayward and they were trying to sign. I couldn't understand it. So a lot of these things are happening in the moment without the benefit of after the fact, the, the, the J Hap and the John Lester thing, you're just going, what, what, you know, Hap from that standpoint, it's kind of like, okay, they're just giving away something that they didn't really value. Yeah. I get it. The, the, the thing with Thomas is, 18 months ago when we were sitting at spring training, they were talking about him as a starting outfielder. That's real. Now, you might not like it because it might be inconvenient to your argument, but that is real. Now, that doesn't mean that, therefore, his value has some kind of statute of limitations of three years. No, they might have seen enough to go, okay, he's not who we thought he was. But John Lester is going to pitch for you for two months, and you have to hit lightning in a bottle, strike lightning, uh catch lightning in a bottle to have this turn into well, something that fan graphs give 0%, but you know, even in a good spot, fan graphs gives them 4% to win the wild card. And that is my problem. And this is where we go with Buck Swope's email, which I thought was interesting. I think it, it, it'll lead to a lot of the, the hot topics for our podcast here, which is kind of a St. Louis centric analogy to the Cardinals way of doing business. Um, Buck Swope writes, we've been pondering the what's wrong with St. Louis question for years, decades. And I don't, I, I will right out of the gate disagree with that because it was very unpopular when I was asking that question uh, in the early two thousands, really unpopular. And even a decade ago, actually it was really unpopular when we were talking about the Rams moving, people would give us shit uh, in 2012, 13 and 14 uh, and 15. I uh, wanted to focus on the games. You know, if they're going to move, they're going to move. Okay, but they're about to move. You're being told they're not going to move. They're going to move. Um, I, I'm sure some people have been talking about what's wrong with St. Louis for a while, but I don't think a lot of people have. So that, that that's why I correct the, at least my opinion, the we've been pondering. But either way, it's Buck Swope and he's the best in the business. Uh, and while listening to you speak this morning about the Cardinal strategic errors in recent years, it hit me like a bolt of lightning. St. Louis is a town of established institutions, businesses, clubs, political machines, etc., that have enjoyed such extended, pros extended prosperity here in spite of the region's decline over the last century plus that they would rather lock in their modest but consistent returns 
knowing that they will be happy in St. Louis rather than assume the risk necessary to realize their potential. For example, the Cardinals had this extended run from 2000 through 2015. Few franchises in the history of North American sports could match that run. Two titles, two runners-up, nine Final Fours, 12 quarterfinals, 15 seasons over 516 years. But because those two titles came in seasons when they had underachieved in the regular season and then got right in October, and conversely, they had some great teams fall short because they weren't right in October, and on top of that, they've been able to remain in contention into September every year and enjoying consistent returns without having to endure a major overhaul rebuild, ignoring the fact that they wouldn't have enjoyed that success in the first place had they not been so aggressive in their strategy, trades, extensions, investment, player development from 96 through 2011. They are acting rationally, as nearly all of us St. Louisans do. We take risks early on, but once we've advanced to a level where we enjoy an institutional advantage, we play it safe. We repeat what we did last year as long as we continue to get similar acceptable results in terms of our returns. Why take a risk that might upset the apple cart? We trust who we know and who we can count on to reciprocate our efforts as we support the others in our tightly knit web of status quo even if it means quietly undercutting forces that threaten that status quo. Wow, Buck Swope. Jeez. Deep. Yeah. That's a Swope, man. Don't play. Don't play. Now, this is not for everyone, but the exceptions to the St. Louis inertia are few and far between, and most, but certainly not all, the exceptions are either from somewhere else originally or spent a significant portion of their adult life living somewhere else. So what, if anything, can be done to break out of this St. Louis inertia mindset where we collectively limit our potential as we individually protect our own positions. Buck T. Swope with the email. I have never, and I mean never, thought of the cardinal stagnant trade deadline approach through this prism. But I have to say, I've got to at least go into it. Yeah. Because I think I think there's something there. It's definitely something we gotta dig deeper into. One of the things that I think goes on in St. Louis more so than as I always compare on the podcast, most other top twenty five markets, St. Louis being I, I thought it was twenty one, but I think it's now down to twenty three. Yeah. Um, New York one, LA two, Chicago three, and so on and so forth. Is we talk about the past a lot here, more so than I think other places. Uh, I think it's difficult to talk about the past if you are in Atlanta, Seattle, Dallas, Miami, whatever, uh, if most of your population isn't from there because mm -hmm. you're talking about something like, oh, I don't really give a shit, you know. Yeah. But that, of course, is a tie that binds most St. Louisans. So I find that uh, that is the case in St. Louis, in my opinion, more so than other places, you know, full transparency. I make no secret of it. I've lived Columbia, Missouri and Little Rock, Arkansas. I'm mostly all 44 years of my life in St. Louis, but a good amount of domestic travel and St. Louis certainly is different. But again, I think as I talked about in a recent podcast, I think part of that is a good thing, even though I know a lot of it is like criticism. Well, how come we're not in Nashville or how come we're not Austin? Well, maybe we don't want to be Nashville. Maybe we don't want to be Austin. Uh, not to say that anybody's really trying to be Nashville or Austin, but, you know, the byproduct is it's a you know place that a lot of people enjoy living. But what he wrote about, I have never heard until this year, and it has nothing to do with Buck Swope. I don't know that on this one if I can name the name. It's neither here nor there, although if I were to name the name, it's somebody I think 90 plus percent of our audience would know who it is, um, said, I was, I was talking about a couple of different, you know, ventures 
Um, and this person said, well, that's good. That's, that's, that's a job, but it's not necessarily on track to become a wealth event. And I go, wealth event. And he said, he goes, one of the things that holds St. Louis back or business people in St. Louis is it's so easy to be comfortable here because the cost of living is so low is that once you get to a spot where you're good, then you don't want to risk being good by trying to be great because there's risk associated with trying to be great. And if you're good, eh, you're happy. And I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. You you show me somebody happy, I'm going to say don't fuck with happiness. No doubt. But I do think that that is, you get a lot of people from here who live here who do really good things, but could do bigger things, but don't want to. Now, again, I think that's a separate discussion. And I think there's merit to actually having that approach. I really do. Um, from a happiness standpoint, like if you're, if you're not hungry to conquer the world to become a billionaire, then why like, why kill yourself? Yeah, trying to? yeah. For real. I hear you on that. I mean, I really, I really do. I'm, you know, I, I, I hear that. But if your fan base, if your audience, if your constituents, if your clientele shares that mindset where we're good with being good and then occasionally we're great, but we know we're going to be good, then maybe the strategy the Cardinals are implementing is actually conscious as an intentional because this is a market where, first off, what's their competition? Uh, Not yeah. It's 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 the blues. Yeah. But I mean it's that's it's a different time of year for the most part. Yeah. And the Cardinals are this regional traditional powerhouse. And you're gonna be you're gonna be good. I've never thought of it this way, but I do wonder about it. Because anytime so I'm just I'm trying to take the position of I've been wrong. Let me take that position to try to like play devil's advocate for the sake of because anytime you get into the discussion on the Cardinals, I go, but God, the, the, what they've done over the last 20 years, who else would you trade with? And I guess you could say Red Sox, but then you would have some years where they were really shitty. You could yeah. say Dodgers. It took until last year. And I don't know. I, if I were, it's, it's kind of like if the Blues would have won the Cup during the, the bubble. It would have just yeah. wouldn't have been the same thing. No, I'm sure if a lot of Dodgers fans are like, well, we won, but it kind of, you know, they were playing in, were they, they were playing that thing in Texas. Yeah. that uh, What a fucking mess that Costco. is, by the way. God almighty. But anyway, uh, that the Cardinals are, as Buck Swope laid out, in it every year. And here is yet another September where, barring a huge surprise, they will be playing games where they're in it. Albeit, you know, it is, it's a, it's a loose definition, but hell, you know, they play the Tigers and Pirates this week. I mean, you'd like to think they're going to win the majority of those after the after the weekend, uh, losing yeah. two or three of the Pirates. Maybe not, but I certainly would think that that would be the case. And then if the Reds lose, I think the Reds are playing the Brewers. Um, you know, the Reds are the team that the Cardinals are chasing now. The Padres have fallen off. Yeah, and they can be in the mix. But see, and so I get that. I so so starting on the baseball discussion before going into the parallel with St. Louis. What when you go into a cardinal discussion? What is your? And I'm not asking you this. I'm asking the audience here because I think this is the. the and, and the, now the vast majority of people are with me, but there are a handful who get really banty about this. I think Doug. I think Doug. I don't think Doug doesn't get banty about it, but Doug's never of the opinion to sell. Yeah, it's just not where he is. Uh, as long as you have a chance, I suppose. Now that of course is subjective. 
But that's what I, that's what I'm asking. Chance for what? I am giving the Cardinals a two percent chance to win the World Series. Fangraphs is giving it zero. You're at zero point five percent. If Doug were sitting here, I would bet he would probably say in the. I was going to go two. Four to five, I think. You think so? Okay. Oh, for the World so Series, for the sake probably of less, for less winning a World that. Series. Yeah, two or three. So, so, so first off, it depends on what you operate as, what your chances. But that's how I build all, all, all this out. Yeah. So if we agree, like on, I gave nine to eleven or nine to twelve, I think of of winning the wild card, of uh-huh. winning the second wild card spot. And then if you're in there, then at that point you have a legitimate yeah. chance of getting in there. So. You know, I mean, that's that's a one in ten ish of getting into the playoffs. Fine, okay, and then from there, that you win the LDS against whoever it is you'd be playing. Most likely, the Brewers or Dodgers. I think is pretty fair to say. Um, and then that you beat them, and then you play most likely the Brewers or Dodgers. Yeah. Uh, for the LCS, and then you play whoever would would be the the representative of the, the American League. I mean, that's all that has to happen. Now, what do you as a fan? want the Cardinals to do and what do you consider a success? What do you consider have a chance when you say have a chance? And so my reasoning on what I think has been so stagnant and frustrating to fans is there hasn't been a direction. Like I get that the Cubs right now may have a lower approval rating in Chicago than the Cardinals do in St. Louis, which might sound completely odd. Mm -hmm. And they did I don't want to say the exact opposite of the Cardinals. The Cardinals were buyers, albeit, you know, in the discount aisle. Yeah. But I, I looked at it and I go, good for the Cubs. They did what they needed to do. They're not going to sign those guys. Totally different situations, but that's what they needed to do. They needed to do that. I'm sure for some fans, it's like, well, those are the guys who won the World Series and it meant so much to me or it meant so much to my grandparent who isn't here, but they got to see it, right? Represent Chris Bryant and Rizzo and... Baez is the guys who brought the world championship here. And now you're just saying goodbye to them and they were supposed to do more. So maybe that's what it is. It's an empty feeling that you yeah. thought you were going to see way more success and they got to one world series and they won it. And there was a thought process that it was a dynasty and it didn't live up to it. I don't know, but I look at it and go, well, at least there's a direction to me. The, I, I don't know what the Cardinal direction is right now. It's to hit a two outer mathematically two yeah. outer being two cards in the deck that would give you the win. Um, and and I, I believe my, my guess is they will attempt to trade or sign a starting pitcher, I believe, um, and a trade for or sign a starting pitcher, depending on how they handle the, the offseason with, you know, Reyes um, and what they, what they have his role is. And, and acquire a shortstop because I, I don't know where else you would do anything. Yeah, not much else to do. So, I just, okay, I guess that's, is that going to do it? Yeah. And the thing is, they got a lot of guys in their 30s, and and it's been statistically common knowledge for a while that that is not, not optimal. Yeah. So, I'm concerned about it. Now, I don't think that means they're going to be bad. It's just they're kind of, this is what we keep getting, they're kind of, well, they're kind of in it, but they're kind of out of it, and they're kind of waiting for this money to come off the book so then they can kind of do it's a lot of kind of yeah and you did have the 2019 NLCS but that team is right there for my money with the 2015 team is a team that you know went into the playoffs and yeah they're in there but my god yeah playing with house money yeah in a sense. 
But at the same time, you know what? And you know who else I said that about? 2006 and 2011. Yeah. 2011 was a little different just because they were on such a heater. But you know, the reason why I was not high on them in 2011 is because they were playing this Phillies team that, yeah. you know, I think those two teams played 10 times and the Cardinals win one of them and they happened to hit it. I yeah. mean, that was yeah. Halliday, yeah. Lee, Hamels, Oswald. You know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, that was that was a stacked team. That was a world championship caliber team that I'm sure, sure in Philadelphia they go, oh my God, how did that happen? And also ended Ryan Howard's career on that yeah. on that play. On that final out. Yeah. So my premise is I would like to see the Cardinals. You know, I mean, here here again, the Lane Thomas thing is being taken as a Lane Thomas literary interpretation. The premise is if you have something that has value and you have a year that is so unlikely that you are going to have either at the bare minimum, a wild card, much less a championship. And I'll, I'll go to getting to the NLCS as the bar, which is kind of maybe hedging. Uh, it's certainly not a division championship. The Cardinals percentage of winning the national league central is currently at 0.1%. I don't know what it was on July 31st. So in fairness, this is three weeks ago with that said, um, I just, I don't get why you don't go, okay, yeah, we're not going to trade Molina and Wainwright. I, I think you get a hell of a haul for it. If I were running the organization, I would at least consider it. Maybe they do consider it. I doubt Bill DeWitt considers it. I understand it. Uh-huh. I understand that. that I, Arnauto isn't going anywhere. Uh, and Goldschmidt isn't going anywhere. I, I mean... Yeah, I, th- I, th- I, th- I yeah, there aren't there aren't a whole lot of other players. You can certainly list, you know, take your pick of a, a Flaherty, um, you know, Reyes. But other than that, I'd go, okay, yeah, we're gonna listen. Yeah, and they don't do that. And to me, it's it drives it drives me up the wall because I think it's a losing strategy. I realize you it's requiring the organization that doesn't like to take steps back to take a step back. But I think it expedites the moment when you take steps forward by doing it. And yeah, what you get for Giovanni Gallegos, who has since, you know, stepped back, or yeah. what you get for Harrison Bader, who has since stepped back since July 31st, mm-hmm. might not set the world up. It might be, might be a nothing like what the Cardinals traded to get Matt Holiday, or um, what the Cardinals traded to get Mark McGuire, if you want to take it back then, or what the Cardinals traded to get Scott Rowland, or what the Cardinals traded to get Jim Edmonds. Um, I, you, you don't know, but you know that this isn't working. And you also know the chances of you doing anything this year are slim. So this has nothing to do with Lane Thomas. Okay. I recognize Lane Thomas wasn't even up on the major league roster. Uh, Lane Thomas uh, was a spot on the 40 man after the season was TBD. The premise is the organization not knowing when to press reset. And I'm not talking about Cubs a decade ago, Astros a decade ago, reset. I'm talking about it just at least in, in, in moving some things around to try to get some something Yeah. when it's not going to happen this year. And to me, that strikes me as so obvious. But I will say this, and I kind of joke about it in a way, and I, I mean, it could be, it's, it's, it's perhaps a really stupid analogy, but when I'm in a fantasy baseball league and I'm like teetering on the brink of winning the playoffs, I'm firing whatever bullet I can because I know I got to throw a Hail Mary. Yeah. I'm not just like, oh, let me get into the playoffs. I got to put myself in a position to win and it's going to take a big risk. And and to me, that's the way I operate. Yeah. I, as I've been saying on, uh, on both the radio show, I think I've said it here, 
You don't want to get addicted to carbohydrates and you don't want to get addicted to guaranteed paychecks. And I know sometimes when I say the guaranteed paycheck thing, people go, what? But that's the mindset. That's my mindset. Yeah. That I always want upside. I always want upside. I recognize for some people, certainly at a place in life, or if you have kids, then the guaranteed paycheck might be exactly what you want. But if you're in a market in, a, in an area of the country, a metropolitan area of the country that is surging, my guess is you have a lot more ambition. And so if you have a fan base that's made up of a lot more ambition, perhaps that then leads to organizations, baseball or otherwise, also conveying ambition because it resonates with their fan base. And what Buck Swope is proposing here as a theory, which I'm open to entertaining, uh, is that that's not necessarily the mindset of the Cardinal fan base. The Cardinal fan base wants to have players they love and can hold on to. And Yadier Molina and Adam Wainwright, who both, by the way, what Wainwright's in another world. Yeah. Um, but Molina still, I mean, you can't look around baseball and go, God, I'd rather have, you know, half of the other catchers in baseball than Yadier Molina. It's just a position that fortunately, if you want to see Molina playing with the Cardinals as long as possible, it's just kind of an offensive abyss. Um, God, give me five great offensive catchers. Can you even... Of all time, like all time. No, 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 right currently. JT Riomoto. That would certainly be one. Um, uh, I feel like we're missing an obvious one. This uh, guy, but he's, he also plays in the outfield for the Tigers. I know because he's on my fantasy team. Eric Haas, I think is his name. Yeah, I've heard of he's him. He's like hit 20-something home runs. Zanino is either strikeout or home run guy. Yeah. Um, then we're probably missing one or two others, and you're welcome to email in and let us know. But the point being, it's a position that doesn't necessarily require great offensive numbers. And what Molina brings to the table is, is wonderful for what it is. But overall, guys kind of come in and they kind of don't leave, especially if they conduct themselves well. And I it, now again, I like this. I like the fact that every year they're in it. Mm -hmm. But really, since 2015, they got one year where they're in it. And I know by definition, they were in the playoffs last year, but I take 2020 out. Uh, had they even beat the Padres, I, I'd still take 2020 out. So I'm talking 2016, 17, 18, 19, and 2021. And so help me, minus 2019 every year, Jackson, even though you've only been on the show for nine months, every year we've had the same conversation about, I wish they would fall out of it because they need to do something to get better. Instead, they don't. They make a trade with the Indians for a guy you'd never heard of. Uh, or than this year, which, which I mean, I'm just watching MLB Network when they announce these trades and the guys on the set are looking at each other like, well, what do we say about this? <laughs> this is so fucking weird. Yeah. So Buck Swope, your theory, I don't know. I mean, it's really going into the into the minds of Cardinal ownership and management on on how they approach it. My, th my thought is this. Bill DeWitt, A, perhaps more than anything, contrary to what I think is talked about on social media, uh, is interested in the legacy of the organization. That's why he, at a last minute, tried to keep pools, and thank goodness he didn't in 2011, um, or after the 2011 season. Um, and that's why Wayne Wright and Molina will continue to play here until they're done playing. He just does not want to see those guys in another jersey. That's just the way that he is. Mm-hmm. And I, th I, I always make this parallel between the Steelers and the Roonies and, and the Cardinals and the DeWitts. You don't see a lot of turnover with the Steelers head coach. I mean, when was the, I mean, how many, you've had Bill Cowher and Tomlin, Tom, am I right? The, yeah, the only coach, I mean, 
since I was in elementary school watching Sports Center every morning, Mike Tomlin's been the coach. And it was it was Cower before that, Hall Coward of Famer. before that, who won the Super Bowl with them in right. 05. So, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, I think there's a similarity. And maybe there's a similarity with Pittsburgh and St. Louis. I don't know. I, you know, the two organizations that the cities are synonymous with. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't really looked at it the way I look at it as the owner. I know Mazalak is the guy in the hot seat now. In 2018, it was Matheny. Yep. Uh, in a big way. And I remember communicating with, with somebody in baseball going, you know, it's not like I'm a huge Matheny fan, but why is Matheny the one catching hell? This roster's not yeah. going to be a championship roster, so yeah. he's going to lose his job. So with that all established, I think you have that. And I also think that the owner wants the team to be con in, in the mix every year. Why? Well, certainly it's good for business, but here's here's what I think is a bigger reason. I think there's this thing with, I don't know what it is. I could do a whole, I could do like a series of podcasts on the hating of people who have become successful. I have no, like everybody wants to become successful, mm -hmm. but then when somebody gets there, people get pissed about it. I yep. have no idea what the fuck that's about. It's a very odd thing, but either way, so everything becomes Bill DeWitt's rich and he's wanting to hoard profits. Bill DeWitt could lose a hundred million dollars on the Cardinals and it wouldn't even fucking matter. Uh, what was it that Ho said? The Nets could go 0 oh. for 82. Yeah. And I'd look at you like this shit's gravy. Am I right on that? I think that's what the man said. Something like that. Something along that those one. lines. Yeah. And then and it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Oh, he just cares about renting out the apartments. Does he? Does he care about the $3,000 a month lease? Do you yeah. really think that's where we are? It's just not the way that it is. Once you get to a point in life, you, you, you were saying you were watching Hard Knocks. Yeah. I actually am able to call this out and <laughs> find the one person in St. Louis watching Hard Knocks. <laughs> so therefore, you saw Jerry Jones crying to an innocent question Yeah, when he was asked about being in Oxnard. We were the Cowboys, and for yeah. a year or two, the Rams, coincidentally, of course, yeah. were training. Yeah. Uh, and he started getting emotional. Well, why? Because I know what, you know what he's thinking. He's not thinking about the fact that he's got a yacht the size of this strip mall. Uh-huh. That he's not on. Uh -huh. And he's sitting there watching, you know, guys, you're going to be cut in two weeks uh, practicing football. He's going, this has been a fucking disaster lately yeah, for me. Seriously. And that's my legacy. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I was rep responsible for, you know, the run in the 90s in part. But a lot of people go, no, yeah, once Jimmy Johnson left. Yeah, Michael Irvin. Yeah, yeah it, it was shit. Yeah, absolutely. And so he's sitting there going, I'm almost 79 years old. And this is a mess. And I don't know how many more of these I'm going to have. And so he's asked a question about where he, why, you know, why he is, or does he like being homeless? And he starts getting emotional and he fights it back. Yeah. Why do I bring up Jerry Jones, who I know is persona non grata in St. Louis? Because I would imagine Bill DeWitt is at the same point in his life as, by the way, any of us would be at that point when you're in your late seventies or early eighties and you're thinking about legacy. He's not, the family's fine. So this thing with this money that first off, they spend money. They just have spent it really poorly. It's just, it's just a, fucking fact and it's drives me up the wall they spend it they spend it poorly they've spent it perhaps worse than anybody since 2016 when you start with the cecil and the follower and the leak elements yeah. 15 16 just a disaster to the point that we're just like waiting for the year to be over so a lot of this can be going by the wayside and off the books but they were about legacy and in bill dewitt's case the legacy is they're competitive every year but also i would imagine in bill dewitt's mind he's going I've been owner since 1995. We have two world championships. And in both cases, we just wanted to get in. Yeah. And in 2004, 100-win team. In 2005, 100-win team. And in 2015, 100-win team. They didn't even get to the 
they didn't even win a game in the World Series. They got to the World Series in 04 and didn't get to the World Series in 05 and they get out of the first round in 15. So if the mindset, which I know frustrates fans, like, well, they just want to win between 88 and 90 games to try to get into the wild card, and that's their goal, and that's not good enough. I understand that, but here's the issue. Because it has happened, they feel like it's like the Stanley Cup playoffs, and if you can just get a ticket to the dance, you could wind up winning yeah. the whole thing. And I think that's the issue. So I remember thinking in 2006, man, it's great that the Cardinals won the World Series, but I wonder if this is going to set a precedent for years to come. I remember, I think I wrote about it, that it's like, yeah, they weren't very good, but you just get in. And here we are in 2021, and I think that's still going on. If the Cardinals wind up winning the World Series in 2021, which, what would you say the percentage is? I'm asking, not, we already talked about it, me and you, Jackson. I'm talking to the audience right now. Whatever percentage it is, I would imagine we're all going to agree it's less than 10%. I'm going, just for the hell of it, yeah. I'll go up to 10%. What do you think the organization thought their chances were when they went out and they traded for John Lester and Jay Happ? If they really thought they had a shot at winning the World Series, that's not the move you make. Those no. aren't the moves you make. But then I say, then why are you making any at all? And that's why the look on Tom Verducci and, uh, was it, I don't know who else was on the set, uh, Harold Reynolds and Greg Amsinger, when those trades came across as I was watching the live coverage, like, what do we say about this? What is this? Is this real? I mean, what the fuck are they doing? You know, it's, I don't get it. But it's like, I guess they're just trying to do this thing where they catch lightning in a bottle again. And if it happens again, I'll be like, oh my God, this stuff's going to continue. I've never applied it to the St. Louis macro discussion as Buck Swope has. I can't just dismiss it out of hand, though. Yeah. Because if the mindset of the fan base is as long as they're good and we have guys we really like. Yeah. But then it gets into what is a separate discussion. And as I said, I'm going to make, I'm going to try to make this one brief and we've gone how long now? 40 plus minutes. I 45, guess. Yeah. There you go. It's my son's birthday. <laughs> uh, that, that, uh, he's waiting for me. I realize that all kids have birthdays and all parents know exactly what I'm talking about, but he's waiting for me. But then it gets into the attendance issue and is the attendance situation that's going on right now. I, I know what the answer is. COVID related or frustrated fan related. And people say, well, both probably. Although around here, I think it's a hell of a lot more the latter. latter. Yeah. You know, now maybe if we were in L.A., yeah. you know, yeah. uh, different deal, but but not in St. Louis. No. So I, I, so finally people might be going, okay, enough. And I think people just, and that's why I always point out the Blues. I think we do have an exhibit to put right up against the Cardinals. Even when they aren't successful, the feeling in the market is they're trying and I think the frustration for Cardinal fans is they don't feel like they're trying. And then I present, well, they just took, they had the biggest acquisition of the offseason in Arenado. A couple of years before that, Goldschmidt. year before that, Ozuna. The thing is, when they're kind of teetering on the brink on July 31st, they don't do anything. Yeah, it's the in-season moves that people, I think, are frustrated. And by. in the three moves I cited, Jackson, mm -hmm. were all trades. Yeah. So I think there's a I think there's a thirst for validation that someone would choose here over twenty nine other cities. Yeah, I really or twenty eight others or twenty seven other cities, I guess, with Chicago, two Chicago's and two New Yorks. And yeah, depending on your view on L.A. and Anaheim and San Diego, uh, and the Bay Area for that matter. Point being that it's a validation issue for a city that may have a bit of its chips on on shoulder, which I totally understand by the for way, sure. and that the organization isn't spending to get people. But they did spend one time with Fowler, not one time, but a recent one was Fowler. And, they, and the reason why the contract was so big is Fowler didn't want to live here. They didn't get mad at him about it. But I think his choices were San Francisco and Toronto. 
and those cities are on the opposite end of the spectrum from a cosmopolitan standpoint as St. Louis. And I'm sure Cardinal fans would love to have that one back. And you know who else would like to have it back? Dexter Fowler. Yep. So the the, the discussion, I think, is not centered on off-season trades. It's sign a free agent. Sign one of these prize free agents to show us that you're willing to do whatever. And also, when the team's kind of teetering, make a move. But they want to see them be buyers. What I'm saying is they need to be sellers at these times, and then you won't have to go out and make all of these moves because you'll at least have more from the trough of prospects. And maybe they hit and maybe they don't, but in a year where you don't have a real realistic chance, and they still can win the fucking World Series. Let me make it crystal clear because we've seen it before. Um, and in 2012, they needed the infield fly rule thing yeah. in order to even get to the spot yeah. where they didn't get uh, to uh, beat the uh, the Giants. Who'd they, who'd they beat in? The, oh, the, the Nationals. The Nationals. Oh, no, yeah, they beat the, the Braves, and then the Nationals yeah, would yeah, come yeah. back. And then they're up 3-1 on the Giants. Pete Cosma, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's how I mean, that, that thing was teetering on the brink itself For as sure. defending world champions. Yeah. So I, I, I just... And, and I feel like I'm in a minority on it. I think when you when you talk about and write about trades and you write about a team not doing things, I think it's met with a lot of approval, but I don't necessarily think it's it's right. And I'm not doing this to be contrarian. It's how I really feel, obviously. I mean, if this were a performance art, you know, I, I need Stephen A. Smith uh, gigs. This is how I really feel. Mm-hmm. And But but I don't really, I, and I'm not saying, I guess I don't really listen to a lot of, you know, sports talk radio, or, or but... I, I feel like the, the narrative is Cardinals didn't do anything at the deadline. Well, no shit, but, but they should have been selling. Scherzer was out there. What the for what? Would, for what? Yeah, you got to rent Scherzer for a year. For nothing. When, yeah. for, for what? On the off chance, you know. So the thing, the reality is, and it happened, it happened against the Pirates and Royals where they rattled off six wins. See, that's why they got it. And then they get the Brewers, a good team, and they lose two of three. And then they get the Pirates, same team they just swept, and then they lose two of three. Premise being, you know, I heard Dan McLaughlin talking about this over the weekend. And it was, I was loved hearing it on the broadcast. He goes, you know, historically, if you look at the wild card teams, they're between 88 and 91 wins. So the Cardinals are sitting at 63 and it's August 21st. They got a lot of winning to do over the next, because that means they've got to win minimum 25 yeah. games between now and the end of the season, which is what, well, I don't even know what the date is, but it's the end October of September, 3rd, October 3rd. I think, yeah. I mean that's a that's a lot to ask, especially when the schedule gets a little rougher here after this this yeah after this march through the festival. pirate festival. So again, can it happen? Of course it can happen. Theoretically, it could have happened for the Cubs, and the Cubs now are fielding a Triple A roster. You want to make money right now, by the way? <laughs> bet against them and bet against the Marlins. What an absolute dumpster fire! But the Cardinals don't do this, and they haven't done it. I don't recall. I remember they traded away Jason Christensen in two thousand one because they thought they were done. And then they got hot, and then they got into the playoffs, and they might have been the best team outside of the Diamondbacks and Yankees in the playoffs at that time in 2001. Uh, you know, but if it isn't there, you're just asking to continue to have these Julys where you're going, well, we're kind of in it, but we're kind of out of it. And I think that is what I would like to see be different. Lane Thomas is an outlier. Lane Thomas isn't somebody I think anybody was going, oh my God, I can't believe they traded Lane Thomas. I think what they said was, God, Lane Thomas was the guy they were talking about as a starting center fielder, starting outfielder in in March of 2020 before the pandemic, and and now they just traded him for a guy who's most likely going to be retiring in two months. What the fuck are they doing? Yeah, that's where it comes from. Yeah, that's where it comes from. 
Uh, as far as the buck swope theory, it's fascinating. I've never thought about that. Have you ever thought about that? No, no. Not like that, that the Cardinals moment. are kind of catering to the fan base's mindset? Well, I, that I've, thought, I've always thought, not always, but especially recently, that like they're like if they can make it till September, still in it, then they're content, maybe not happy, but, you know, it's also a double-edged sword because, you know, we listed off all the accomplishments of the past 20 years, and a ton of those are playoff appearances, and only, you know, not, I say only, like it's bad, but two championships. So, you know, obviously the goal is championships, but making the playoffs goes on, goes on the accolades, you know? Right. Yeah, I, I, I guess the way I look at it is there are a lot of division championships in there. It's yeah. the first 10 years anyway. Yeah. Uh, 2000, 2002, 2004, 2005, 2006, and 2009 were all division championships. Uh-huh. So, but I mean, listen, you're in the game for world championships, but here's the point is we're sitting here talking. I think they're 12 or 13 games out of the Brewers. Yeah. I mean, that's how far behind they are. A yeah. team that is behind the Dodgers. I would give it a higher chance of them winning the World Series than them winning the Central this year. Uh, the math actually is similar, according to Fangraphs. <laughs> yeah. It actually is that that far back. Yeah, and I, and I know a lot of people agree with this. The thing that people don't agree with, where I am in the minority on it, is people agree they're not good. Uh-huh. Okay, not really a hot take. Uh, people, but I think people are so scared. I think this is a social media concoction too. People are so scared, like having what happened to the Plowhawk. When he was talking about trading Tarasenko in January of 19, they were awful. Yeah. Now, then then you have now audio four months later or five months later, they win the Stanley Cup. And now it looks like, but I get where he's coming from. For sure. You know, so you don't want to be the guy saying, oh my God, they should trade. And then they wind up winning the World Series. Yeah. The- but it, I'm sitting here saying it can, of course, happen, but the math is over. So if you are sitting there and you have a chance to bet and you can bet whatever dollar, 10 bucks, 50 bucks, 100 bucks, whatever it is. That the Cardinals are going to win the World Series. What are you going to bet? You know, and if you say, okay, well, now you got to pay off five to one that the Cardinals win the World Series, you'd go, fine by me. Ten to one, the Cardinals win the World Series. You probably go, fine by me. I mean, why am I going to pass up on a free ten bucks or a free hundred dollars? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that it can happen. And so, if you're an organization with, with this opportunity. To, to, to move on and turn the page, especially when I do believe that they're going to be aggressive, I think, for 2022, mm-hmm. in part because of Molina, and I would imagine Wainwright, I would imagine, and also Arnato and Goldschmidt. I mean, and Michaelis, as weird as it is, and the Flaherty clock is ticking too. For sure. Not age-wise, but, but time in St. Louis-wise. Service time, yeah. I mean, Miles Michaelis is celebrating his either 31st or 33rd birthday as we speak today, that, that they're going to, you know, it's going to be shortstop. I have to think they're going to tend to shortstop or middle infield in some capacity. Maybe Young moves somewhere else. I don't know. Um, that that you got to make a move. But part of making moves is also taking a step back, and they don't do that. And they've had a lot of years here recently where it isn't happening, and they don't do it. Now, Buck Swope's theory, different conversation. Love the conversation, and it makes me think about it. I don't know. I don't think that's what they're thinking, but hell, maybe it is what they're, maybe their market research says, yeah, the, the fans prefer, yeah, there's going to be outspoken minority that doesn't like that they don't call in, but fans just want to be able to come to the ballpark and, and know that they're in the mix until yeah. the end of September and maybe they get hot and win this baby. I don't know, but I've never thought of it that way, like to draw a parallel between St. Louis and, and few people going for greatness or going for broke and Buxwell pointing out those who have oftentimes aren't from here. 
Um, and then the Cardinals applying that to the mindset, like psychoanalyzing the fan base. It's something else. Yeah. I, I gotta go. I got it. Cause I, I've gone way too long and my son's probably, uh, he's been waiting by the door for since 10 o'clock and it's 11 o'clock. Now I want to shut it down. Thank you to all of our sponsors. Thank you to action. Jackson. You can send in questions. Uh, Tima Kernan at InsideSTL.com. Comments, everything is welcome. We'll read hate mail, too, erotic stories. This has been another edition of the Tim Kernan Show on the Inside STL Podcast Network from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.